Aloha, namaste. I'm Ash. Aloha, namaste. I'm Matt, and we are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. Today's episode is all about healing our unreconciled wounds with guilt and judgment. How these wounds show up in our lives as adults, like in our marriage, how we get these wounds from childhood trauma, and what we're doing to resolve them. We'll share stories from our own life, our own past, and our own relationship. And we'll also talk universally about these themes and how every human has to navigate reconciling and healing their own internalized guilt and judgment. So this is part of a series that we have kind of started and we wanted to go over and you can follow along in the inner workbook. Last episode, we went over the wound of rejection. And so this would be, if we were to give it numbers, this would be theme number two now out of the 15 total. And the wound of rejection being the most cut off from the truth, the most cut off from our potential. And it ultimately gives us that message of like unlovable. The root program there is I'm unlovable. I'm, I'm not worthy of love. Whereas once you separate your self-worth from your choices, you're finally able to move into this next theme, which is to make peace with discernment, or in other words, judgment. And also learning how to have healthy guilt when we make choices that harm ourselves or others. So today we wanna focus on how this evolution keeps proceeding. So, so long as you can't separate your self-worth, from your choices and the things that you've either went through or been through or had done unto you so long as we identify with that we can't possibly move into healthy judgment or healthy discernment because we're too busy hating ourselves and we get stuck in shame so we went over all that in the last episode so if you haven't listened to that one definitely um listen to the full series and it'll be really cool and probably provide a lot of insights as to how we all kind of progress through these natural themes. Like Ash said, it's actually a universal pattern that all the human psyche has to go through in order to heal. So today, all about guilt and judgment, it's really revolving around choice, our choices and discernment. So that'll be the two biggest concepts and just to caveat it right away we're always innocent and loved and lovable even as we go through these negative things and guilt and judgment this theme can really cause a lot of pain and so that's why i want to make sure and caveat it with the innocence because that's literally what this theme has such a hard time accepting is that it's okay to make mistakes you're still loved it's okay that you didn't see the the wolf in sheep's clothing it's okay that you got yourself in situations that maybe you shouldn't have been in and it led to a lot of pain and that's really what this this one's all about is learning how to discern and learning how to gather wisdom from making choices and a lot of times the only way to get wisdom is to make a choice that does not work and so that's kind of the biggest thing i was just thinking about as you were talking about all that how these themes like this one guilt and judgment can really tear us apart and ruin Mm -hmm. our life if we live in a state of unhealed guilt and we can't forgive ourselves and truly actually feel good about ourselves Mm -hmm. despite the past choices we've made that may have been harmful to ourselves or others and we don't find a way to reconcile that and find the positive it can literally rip apart and eat our soul 
which spirals us into shame and self-hatred. So learning to have a healthy relationship with making bad choices and hurting other people unintentionally, you know, even if it was intentionally and you didn't know better at the time and that's just where you were, Mm -hmm. you know, bitter and resentful or Mm -hmm. whatever. The point is, is that we really have to reconcile that we didn't know better at the time Mm -hmm. um, because if we hold ourselves accountable to these choices we made in the past from where we know now, we aren't able to forgive ourselves. And ironically, the, the, the problem is, is one, it rips apart our self-esteem, but two, it makes us intolerant toward other people because if we hold ourselves to this like regard that it's just not okay for what we did, then that's the view we have toward everybody. It's not okay yeah. for what they did. And at a certain point in our healing journey, this is why everything is so nuanced that is a healthy thing for us to reconcile. It's not okay for what they did or it's not okay for what I did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it has a time and a place until it doesn't. And if you stay there too long, it's not helping you anymore. (laughs) And I think that we can get stuck. We can get stuck in that like protective armor of it's not okay what they did. And you know, that righteousness or into ourselves, it's not okay what we did and that righteousness, that Mm self-righteousness and self-punishment. And we think that there's something um, noble about it, mm-hmm. but it really, it can it can ruin our soul if we don't move through that in an appropriate amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, this one was really my, my wound in so many ways, for sure, because the biggest source of this one does tend to come from religions in the West, especially Christianity. You, you know, for most Christian, um, versions or sex, they literally are like, you're born wrong. Like you're born in sin. You're, you're born a sinner. So whenever you have these belief systems that perpetuate this concept of judgment and they create an existential guilt that you could be condemned forever as wrong and deemed unlovable and unforgivable, um, or cut off from God, cut off from love. I mean, that just really Fs up your psyche. And unfortunately, the being raised in that mindset really screwed me up as long and as well as like, I can like hundreds of people I've worked with one on one, same thing. It's one of the most common wounds a Christian that I've every Christian I've ever met has to grapple with is massive judgment issues within themselves with being self-righteous and prideful um it just comes with tons of issues and it's it's all a misinterpretation of the the true teaching and so one of the things just to put this out there right away is to plant the seed of what is the truth here the truth is your choices all have consequences that's it and the cool thing about choices is you can always make a new one so if you're headed in a really shitty direction it's okay you're not deemed unworthy forever. That's the misconception right there. You literally could change at any second. That's supposed to be the beautiful message of the Western religions, any religion that harps judgment. And in the East, we we don't find this as intensely because their notion of karma is consequence, not judgment. It's totally different concept. Judgment is like arbitrary and it's biased. 
And so it's like, you never know what you're going to get. Like God could be favor you one day and then like totally cut you off the next day. Whereas if it's just like innate consequence, like karma, it kind of just is what it is like gravity. It's like, if you're kind to someone, then that's like good karma. It's like kindness done unto you. You're, as you do unto others, you're doing unto yourself. But then when you're harmful to others, you're only harming yourself because you're going to attract that negativity back to yourself in some way, shape and form. Okay, so it's like this. And you obviously have to live with that. Like that is its own consequences. Hurting someone, now you have to live with the stress of that. So with judgment, however, it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen because it's going to come down to this big judgment day. And so you kind of feel like you're in a perpetual limbo and you never feel good. You never fucking know where am I on the scale? Because with consequence, you realize consequences every single day and it's in the moment. It's right now. One of my favorite things that set me free from this, from my spiritual teacher was judgment day is every day. Actually, it's already here. You're, you're already living in your own hell or heaven right now. But see with these religious traumas of judgment, it gives us this future thing that's like existentially uh, haunting and you never truly know if you're a good person or not. And one of the weirdest things I find with good people, like especially good Christians who are actually like really amazing people, they don't think they're good enough. They don't even think they're good people. It's like the weirdest thing. Every time I counsel someone that's like actually so above and beyond type of person, they actually live with perpetual guilt and judgment that they're not good enough. They're not doing enough. It's not enough. And we live with this existential fear of being judged, not being good enough, not we made too many mistakes. And the irony is like, it's, it's like be free of that because actually you're making, if you're choosing it right now and you're striving to be that amazing, loving person, that is proof of who you are. So we'll make sure and, and kind of unpack the layers of that. But I just wanted to make sure and go over the, the, the true nuance of that teaching of this concept of sin and judgment is just, hey, choices have consequences, learn from them. Negative choices bring negative consequences to your soul and to yourself. We could look at that a million different ways and prove it. But the point is just when you do things that are loving, uplifting, constructive, and from higher themes, you get awesome results, awesome consequences. When you do things from the lower themes, you get suffering, you get a lot of pain, you get a lot of, a lot of issues. So that's the religious aspect. Then of course, there's just the regular old parental, you know, judging, husband, wife, judging, friends, judging, society, judging. And those are going to be the two massive like categories we'll make sure and go over. Did you want to add anything to that? Okay. So, so yeah, so I think one of the biggest things with switching our mindset from judgment to consequence is when we live in judgment consciousness, we also take on the role of thinking that we can judge others like Ash mentioned earlier. So once we start judging ourselves, because again, it's all arbitrary. We don't know. We don't know. Because it's all this like thing after death. So you don't know. So you live with this existential fear of like, I don't know how I'm doing. Am I a good person? I don't know. Am I making good choices? I don't know. And so you're left with this like existential guilt. And if you ever make a mistake, which you will, obviously, we all do. You never know if you're free of that guilt. Did I, did I pay for that? Did I repent enough for that? Is it gone yet? Am I free of that? And in a relationship, this comes out as like, have they let it go? Are they still holding the grudge? Are they holding a tally? Because people in judgment consciousness, that's how they think. Everything's a tally. Everything is like 
an erotic being kept score. And it's like, if you hurt me or I hurt you, I'm going to hold on to that forever because judgment doesn't know if it can let go of that or not because it feels like that would be really dangerous to let go of because it needs to be accountable for everything. But there's like some serious um, detriment to that. And there's two main ways we do this. We either overcompensate and become neurotic and try to be perfect and miserably fail because you can't ever be that. And then the other thing is we internalize the wrongness and then we just become it. We, we just, every choice is a mistake. Every choice we just, we say, oh, fuck it. I'm a sinner after all, right? And we just spin ourselves down in the barrel and we ironically lead down into shame like Ash mentioned earlier. And that's, then it gets, you know, and then you just back down in there in the muck again. So the real goal is to see how can I learn from my choices without it being such a negative self-deprecating thing? How can I just see things as consequences? So like Ash didn't really have this in her upbringing. Her parents actually did a really good job of just being like, hey, how did that go for you? You know, she like would make a choice. And even if it was like, it's quote unquote negative, they just were like, yeah, how you feeling? How was that? What's, what's, how you doing? And like, let her see the consequences for herself, which doesn't lead to judgment. It leads to wisdom. I think one of the things my parents did really well was teach me about choices and consequence. And I didn't grow up with religion, although not growing up with it, I then sought it out on my own out of curiosity and needing to feel that that void of God. But I was really grateful for this part that they raised me with, which was my dad would always say, there's a bumpy road and an easy road. And they're both going to get you there. It's just up to you which road you want to take. And he would just always tell me like, you can take the the hard road or the smooth road. They're both going to go to the same place. One's just going to take longer and you're going to be bumpy and you're going to make so many mistakes. And you can totally do that and it will get you there. Or you could just take the smooth smooth road and avoid all that and get there quicker without being so beat up. And he never made me feel like either was right or wrong or either was better or worse he would literally just be like it's totally your choice and only you know what you want to do and i don't really care which one you do and that really empowered me at a young age to start making smart choices that had less unnecessary suffering because i was able to identify the natural consequence of my choice before making the choice Mm -hmm. even like as a child Um, without the fear of being judged by my parent or like damned it literally just came down to what kind of outcome do I want for myself like I specifically remember getting drunk for the first time at 16 years old and like coming home drunk and like my parents knew I drank and it was just like there was nothing I wasn't allowed to tell my parents basically first time I had sex I came home and told my mom like I had sex I was like 17 and yeah, so I had to hide like all those, those, these things were like utterly damnable in my family. Yeah. I was allowed to share those things and then yeah. they would be like, okay, like, well, what did you like when I got drunk? It was like, great. How do you feel? You're like, going to school tomorrow. Yeah. You have to go to school tomorrow. And I was like, I feel like shit. Like I hate this. And like just letting me play out my choices without any judgment just gave me a really healthy relationship with choice making. Um, But the one thing I did, I do struggle with, or I still struggle with 
isn't like fear of judgment or making the wrong choice but it's kind of more what you said of like the willingness of like wanting to be a good person and beating myself up constantly about being the best or being a good person and i'm not really maybe i'll figure it out as we go through this podcast but i'm not really sure why i feel that way i in in particular am referring to most recently in our relationship me realizing how much like self criticism and guilt i hold on to for behaving in ways i'm not proud of in our relationship like basically being um you know emotional or getting angry at you or blaming you when it wasn't right you know my behavior wasn't right in the past and now like being out of that and being like wow i acted a fool and it doesn't necessarily have to do with like choice making of oh like there's judgment it's like i have a hard time living with myself when i reflect on things i've done that i'm not proud of mm-hmm. to like hurt somebody right yeah so you you judge yourself yeah and it's weird because like my parents didn't raise me to like mm-hmm. be self-deprecating or like mm-hmm. you know you should be ashamed or you know you're going to go be judged you're going to go to hell but there's something inside of me that feels immense remorse for doing something that hurts somebody. And so it's hard for me to like forgive myself and be like, no, you didn't know any better when I'm like, no, you did. Like you could have, you, you, and and we're going to get into this probably, but I feel like that's like the pride and you don't have humility to be like, you think you're a better person than you actually are. I think that's like what it comes down to. It's like realizing, yeah, I did things that really hurt you. And then my pride and arrogance thinks I'm a better person than how I actually behaved. And then when I have reality check and I look at my actions, it's like, oh, your sense of um, yourself is inflated. And then it's like, oh, you're not actually as good of a person or in that moment you weren't as good of a person as you thought you were and then that's really like damaging to your self-esteem and you're like oh and then then you can quickly spiral into shame and self-hatred yeah and and which should which shouldn't happen because the whole point of healthy guilt is to reflect on your choices to learn from them to care about how your actions impact others and to not make it about you but the ego wants to make everything about itself. And yeah. so it starts to make it about me. Like, you know, I'm either a good person or I'm a bad person. Yeah. And the irony is th- the real truth there is just, yeah, you could know how to do something, but it doesn't mean you were strong enough to do it. And the humility actually sets you free. That's what's so funny. It's actually our ego's arrogance that traps us in guilt. Just so that's clear. It's the ego's pride that creates guilt. And the reason why that is, is because it has the audacity to think it can accurately judge anything in the first place. It has no right judging any person, whether it's ourself or another. It just doesn't. Um, This is one of the biggest things we go over in the inner workbook is we have as humans such ridiculously limited scope of perspective we can't even remotely fathom another person's life journey we can't even fathom our own 
So how the hell can we feel allowed to judge and deem anything, anything <laughs> like, and that's the biggest, the, the biggest irony that sets us free of all guilt and judgment and shame is to, to have the humility to say, I have no idea. I, I have no idea what something's quality is. All I know is this hurt or this didn't hurt. And that's about it. But as far as jumping to conclusions of like, you're not a good person or I'm not a good person or you're going to hell or I'm going to hell. Holy smokes. You are so out of your depth at that point. That is like way beyond human capacity to start jumping to. And uh, I think you brought this up in the last podcast, but this, this movie, this book uh, really does do a good job of illustrating this concept is the, the shack. Uh, it's a Christian book, but it, but it has some powerful spiritual points in it around this topic. And one of them that I'm thinking of right now is there's a there's a part of the story where the main character has to uh, he's learning the lesson of go ahead and be the judge because you think God judges everybody. So you go ahead and determine which one of your kids you're going to send to hell forever and which one of your kids you're going to send to heaven forever. And he's like, what? I can't make that decision. And then the 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 antagonist starts, you know, provoking him being like, oh, come on your son did this and this and he's lying to you and he's negative and all oh, your daughter is like keeping secrets from you da, da, da. and she's trying to provoke him to make a judgment and he finally just says no like I won't choose take me instead like take me like let my kids be free and take me instead like I won't choose and it's this really profound moment because that you know illustrating of course like what true unconditional love and spiritual I think that the point really gets made they keep going through that he mm -hmm. goes into this i don't know cave or something mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he gets the opportunity to judge his abuser yep somebody who yep. that's how it starts and he's like yeah screw him send him to hell it's his dad yeah it ends up and then it then it's his dad it's his yeah. dad who abused his mom and was a drunk and was physically yep. violent and i think he killed then, his dad yeah he did and uh when he was a child he's a child yep. and um he thinks his dad deserved it and then they show his dad's past and how his yep, dad and he was super a whole abused. Yeah. a whole history of his dad that he didn't know about and his dad was violently like abused. Mm -hmm. Um, I, maybe it wasn't his dad. I think no, it, it was. was. I think it was the person who killed his. Uh, yeah, daughter. I think that was the. I think that was the connection that they eventually draw for him. Yeah, and how yeah. that the person who killed his daughter was molested Same as a child. Thing, yeah. And, yeah, and then it just went on and on in history of lineage after lineage of abuse, and yeah. it just made him basically fall to his knees and like awe of everybody who's hurting anybody is only hurt themselves and it's that classic yeah. line of hurt people hurt people yeah yeah and so when we really start to stretch our capacity of at least just we can grasp that concept but but again we can't even truly fathom it we can just kind of be like yeah okay cool that makes sense <laughs> like but honestly we can't put ourselves in everybody's shoes we can't even put ourselves adequately in our own past we can just kind of reflect on it but we can at least get the lesson from it and the lesson is like we have no idea what the scope of someone's journey is and we have no idea the eternal nature and that's where the east comes in of like what about before this life like you didn't this isn't possibly your first life if you're an eternal being then like you're, you've been around before this so like you have a whole story before this you don't even remember and also that 
we have a limited understanding of what's good for us and this is like what's blowing my mind with healing my wound mm-hmm. with guilt is that something that you can perceive as really bad like for example these moments of really bad behavior that i've had that i feel guilty about the way i've treated you the way i've judged you like moments of anger and just just meanness right and i feel bad about that but then i look back at that time period and what you were helping me see is that even things that I know are tech quote unquote bad or wrong now that I'm like, well, me now wouldn't choose to behave that way. Mm-hmm. It what's mind blowing is that bad or harmful things were kind of, they were like necessary for my growth and maturity. And that I think is what's the hardest thing to fathom is that things that you think shouldn't have happened or mm-hmm. you shouldn't have mm-hmm. done or someone mm-hmm. shouldn't have done it to you and it shouldn't have been that way and it was bad and it was wrong and it it was a total bad wrong thing that they deserve you know yeah. consequences for or I deserve consequences for and then realizing that in the long enough timeline this thing was necessary for some reason because if you look at where you are presently and you really have the humility to see this this basically happened this realization happened because we most recently looked back at some photos and videos of us from years and years ago and in my head i had this belief that like me several years ago before we went through any trauma or hardship in our marriage or in our life was so much happier and better and these things broke me like these things ruined me broke me they were like terrible times you know and when i looked at me before i was like oh my gosh wait a second that was me pre-trauma like that was me pre you know hardship and i actually appreciated me now who is the version of me that went through those things and was like oh my gosh like I only am this way now and have this wisdom now and can appreciate myself now literally because I, and I looked at me, me in those past images and videos and I was like, she was so naive. Like she was Mm -hmm. so ignorant, sheltered, sheltered, whatever, like a child basically. And I don't want to go back to being her. Mm -hmm. I want to be me with all the Mm -hmm. wisdom I have, Mm -hmm. but what I didn't realize and all the accomplishments and all Mm -hmm. the success Mm -hmm. and all the, love and appreciation we have in our marriage and stability it's like yeah you have all those things now because of all the hard things you went through all the terrible things you thought were terrible all the things you thought were a problem all the things you thought were wrong and all the things you thought you did were bad and all the things you think he did were bad it's like oh shit okay like i needed all that turmoil i needed all that chaos Mm -hmm. and then it goes even deeper back into religion and spirituality and we've been having this realization that we have this belief that like things should just be good, like Garden of Eden. Like we were never supposed to leave. We're sinners because we left the garden. Yeah, that was the, mis- the first and original mistake. The first mistake. It's like, was yeah. it a mistake? And then we're like, wait a perfect? second. Like God put the story, like let's just look at it as parables and like metaphors. God put Eve there after Adam because he was there for eternity, just sitting around. Just going in circles. Going in circles, not growing, not learning, and (laughs) not having choice and duality (laughs) and sent Eve into the garden. And then she 
decided to do the original sin and and like leave and was like she was over it It was boring she was like we need to leave you know (laughs) and made the first mistake but the first mistake was like birthed humanity and like all of life and, and birth it's like choice and, and, free birth will. Cho- and it's like the most beautiful thing like out of the biggest mistake came the most beautiful thing and it's like yeah. looking at my own life and i'm like oh my gosh like how can i not see all my mistakes they were, were perfect they were so perfect like they like they were what i needed they were like yeah the wisdom and the medicine and like in the moment i thought they were all wrong and bad and like how mm-hmm. Like the only thing wrong was that I couldn't see that there was nothing wrong. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a something that um, uh, I think it's originally Buddha that was saying like the only sin that exists is ignorance. Like as in like you just don't know any better. But then also as I pondered that and then building off what you just said, I think the only real mistake in life is just that you think that you can make a mistake. So it's like a paradox. It's like an irony. Like, in other words, there are no mistakes. If, and if you have to say there's a, some sort of mistake, it's to think that you could make a mistake. Like in the sense of what that really means. Like you did something that should not have happened type of thing. Now, to caveat this, this thing Ash is talking about to give relativity to the themes of consciousness, she's describing a realization of like acceptance and above, like love, true freedom and lasting happiness, Um, And so for those of you who have read the book, you know that what I'm referring to is like much higher healed themes. We're not implying that someone can go from like abuse to like, oh my God, I see that this was for my benefit. Um, She's obviously sharing her, her story after years of processing and healing and going through this. Also to caveat, I did go through all the themes. Like, of course, I, you know, shame, guilt, like fear, anger overwhelm hopelessness like regret grief like i mean years of processing the original traumas and wounds that i thought were a problem i went through all this and now i'm here and i have this acceptance after yeah i was angry totally i was judgmental i was scared i was grieving i was in hopelessness and overwhelm you know i was in pride and i thought you were the problem all the things I've done all those things and now going through them all in a healthy step-by-step, like it's like the steps of healing, like Mm -hmm. just like you have steps with grieving or loss or steps of healing addiction, the inner work is steps. Like we're starting to call it like working the themes. Working the themes. You work the themes and like I've worked the themes around this original pain or fracture, Mm -hmm. um, which basically was just like, if like you guys are like, what are they talking about? Just because I know you probably are if you're listening to this and you know us. It was just, it's just basically like a combination of just us having to restart our lives, like financially, um, not having like security in our lives, having to like live in like a more communal setting. And that was really hard for me. Um, Just... Yeah, when we took, it's kind of, I think, what started the, the whole podcast. Yeah, we, uh, I think it was like early on in the podcast, we talked about, yeah, the lose, taking eruption. a huge financial hit, taking, uh, the losing our home to volcano, like and then you lost your job. It was like three massive life events in one month. But it re-triggered. That just knocked our asses back yeah. down to like Spot humility, <laughs> like from the, to the bottom. And we basically restarted being human, essentially. And we, yeah. we've had to reparent ourselves all the way back to this point like that was the original fall from grace was like three things in once like you know and then there it was just it was a reset it was just like a whole reset of 
yeah back to square one and basically from there from well why did this happen started the mm-hmm. whole thing of like now mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to play the blame game and i'm gonna get angry i'm gonna yeah. feel overwhelmed by my yeah. circumstance i'm gonna be afraid i'm gonna i went through every single one of them and then yeah. now i'm like oh mm-hmm. that was so perfect we needed to go through that yeah so that is the end <laughs> that is the end goal and so this is great that we're planting this seed of eventually where you get with shame and guilt is that they're they're illusions right and all the lower themes are technically illusions like spiritually speaking so the wounded themes from pride to shame are all actually of the ego and they're in other words darkness they're they're demonic they're 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 um they're they're sinful they're whatever right you get the point they're all going to lead to suffering so the irony is as you work through those, you get to eventually this place where everything was perfect. Everything was working out for your highest benefit to become the version of you that you say you want to become. Even going through the healing of that was perfect for yeah. my evolution because it's like that's why we're. Literally I understand able to talk about this. anger now. <laughs> I understand like yeah, like I understand that's why we could write the inner workbook. Right. It's it was it's like yeah yeah. It, it, there was nothing about the whole thing that was yeah. ever out of place or wrong, but I had it stuck in my head that it was. Yes. And uh, the judgment and then the guilt for how I behaved during that time. Yep. yep. Same. So. So, okay. So to nuance that out, the it's the human ego that is the one judging. Okay. There, there's no help. God's not judging. No higher consciousness is judging whatsoever. It's not true just say that outright there is no judgment there's just consequence so there's just like hey yeah you made a choice here's the consequence here's what you can learn from it how do you feel let's reflect on that let's gain wisdom from that but this whole notion of judgment and something being wrong right because that's the root program belief of judgment and guilt is like i'm wrong they're wrong something's wrong like as in it is out of place and not what it should be should and should not are big trigger words for judgment and guilt and those are all the illusion they're not true but you don't believe that until you get to the higher themes you have to work through step by step so let's take it back and just come down to a more practical level Mm -hmm. of like just relatable like how you can how you can identify if you have um an unresolved wound with guilt and judgment maybe you can share I know mm-hmm. that this has been a big one for you mm-hmm. um, with reconciling religious trauma. And I think a lot of people relate to that, mm-hmm. how it shows up in relationship and like how it's destructive, even though you think it's being helpful. What are like, how, what are some of the ways you can identify if you have an unhealed wound of guilt and judgment and what kind of damage is it doing and what would be the motivation to want to heal it? Because I think somewhere in our psyche, we think that there's justification for thinking a certain way. Of course. So what, yeah, what is the damage of having this in you? What's the motivation for wanting to heal it? And what would be the signs that you you have unhealed guilt and judgment? Totally. First is, yes, the ego always justifies all of its negative behaviors and self-sabotage. So last episode, we talked about how the ego always seeks to self-sabotage out of the argument that it's protecting us. So with guilt and judgment, one of the things it's doing is it thinks it's preserving and protecting us somehow, but it's not. It's actually tormenting us and screwing us over. 
how does it show up as protecting us? Like totally going to go over that. Can you give an example? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, so next question, you hit me with like three or four questions. So I'm, I'm working my way through. So, all right. So real quick, you are not wrong and you're doing a good job. Thanks. I'm just, I <laughs> uh, just got to get my train of thought though. So, okay. So when we, when we feel like we're protecting ourselves with guilt and judgment, our ego is going to do that in two major types of ways. The human ego either overcompensates to protect or it is avoidant and kind of joins with the wound to protect itself. So when it overcompensates, this shows up as a perfectionist. This shows up as self-righteous, neurotic, um, overachieving type of mentality where the person is obsessively trying to never make a mistake this is the route i took in a lot of ways so that there's so never... that i can never be judged and never be guilty of anything because if i'm just neurotically perfect maybe i can avoid ever feeling judgment so this is also similar to what the overcompensation of the wound of rejection does right it, it tries to be so perfect that no one can ever reject it so the overcompensating strategy of the ego is hey i'm going to protect you from judgment by judging you first so freaking intensely that you never make a mistake because I'm going to make sure you're perfect because I'm going to be so neurotic in your head criticizing the shit out of you to be perfect so that you never make a mistake. Now, this is why I'm to answer the question you asked of what's the incentive is that is a torture in your own freaking head because even if you win everything, you're awesome, you're the best freaking version of you ever, you are never truly set free because inside your own head, you are judging as shit. You're judging the living hell out of yourself every single second because you never feel good enough. It's never enough. And so even if you eat what I, what helped me finally let go of this is I noticed that no matter how much I achieved from this perfectionist mentality, I never felt anything in my self-esteem. It was extremely short-lived because you can never because escape you can never escape the, the judgment. It's yeah. this is the paranoia that you live with, and yeah. it's never going to go away. And there's no perfection you're going to reach where you where, where you it's stop finally done protecting yourself. Yes. Right. And my illusion, and this is this is what you and I have been tripping out on, is I call it heaven seeking. And again, it does it makes perfect sense that it comes from religious trauma. Is because there's this concept that you can be so perfect that you get to a place where you're free of judgment. In other words, you get to heaven and then no one ever judges you ever again. You're free. You're finally free of judgment. So it kind of created this paradigm for me where it was like, all right, Matt, you're on the planet. You need to be neurotically perfect until you die. And then when you do that, you'll finally never be judged ever again. And you won't have to live like this anymore and you'll because never have you will to be have like achieved this. perfection. You, you did it. And then you don't have to stay on alert anymore because you'll be beyond it. Yeah. yeah. Now that's the grand scale. But then what the subconscious is doing on a daily scale is, is hoping and obsessing on moments in days or in a week where I get to be left alone and, I, and everybody just thinks I'm great. I did all my responsibilities. Now leave me the fuck alone and don't judge me. I did it. I'm perfect. I'm awesome. Now leave me alone. Don't need anything from me. Don't bother me because I did it. And so I just want to be done. It's that craving to be done. It's almost like. Because you're like, there, I can't make a mistake. It's over. Yeah, it's almost like being you has a list of tasks that you need to achieve. Achieve. Like being a yeah. person, you have a checklist of things that you're going to check off to ensure that, like you said, 
nobody can say anything to you yep which we're going to talk about the solution which obviously the solution is you can't ever avoid that and more so is to just be yeah. content inside of yourself as people throw their criticisms and judgments because it's never going to end well and the biggest thing too like you said um the healing is to make peace with mistakes and understand like yeah. you like you already jumped to the big picture of they're literally in your benefit that's the ultimate way you heal judgment is to realize there is nothing to judge like we said there are no mistakes in life there literally aren't which to someone in judgment is like unfucking believable they can't even fathom that that literally there are there is no sin there's no mistakes there is no wrongness possible all there is is either awareness or ignorance so you're either aware of your consequences or you are turning a blind eye to those consequences and the irony is, and this is now the, the second big path the ego takes, the irony is when we live with the wound of guilt and judgment, we actually make way more mistakes and we suffer way more because we're constantly judging ourselves so intensely that we experience uh, the consequences constantly and we learn nothing. And we do it again and again and again and we learn nothing because we're so focused on the judgment that we're missing the point we're missing the consequence and its lesson so that's what i notice is like because of this relationship with guilt and judgment be because the focus isn't just on like hey dude yeah you made a choice like it hurt it hurt you it hurt other people what can you learn let's learn from it you're loved you're innocent now let's do better that would be great that'd be healthy that would have built my self-esteem also but instead, it's like, you fucking idiot. You're wrong. That was stupid. You're a sinner. You got to repent. You suck. Blah, 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 blah. And then the lesson's lost. Whew, bad boy. Because now I'm focused on that. I'm focused on the judgment. And as soon as I focus on the judgment, all wisdom, gone. There's no learning. There's no learning now. Versus what this other approach, like go go mom and dad for me was bumpy road or hard load and hard road. And the question was always like, well, how do you feel? What did you learn? Yep. What do you think? What could you do differently why would you do it differently and then i would yeah. i would be like oh because i think it would be easier on me yeah. or i think it would be yep. wiser because i would avoid a b and c and it's like oh now i'm learning to make choices just based on the outcome or consequence i want to experience judgment free which then builds self-esteem because you get empowerment from that yeah. because you realize oh man my choices are super powerful if i just change my choice i can change my outcome and i can change my consequences and if i change my choices over a long period of time holy shit i can do anything be anything have anything because i can be in control of my destiny based on consistent choice making that i learn from every single time and there's this weird thing that, and i had this with like endeavors like let's say it was like competitive dance or competitive cheer or with like our businesses opening yoga studios or social media or starting our own business. I would actually get excited about mistakes because I felt like I learned how to get closer to my outcome. Yeah. And it's like one more step removed and yep. I'd be like, all right, cool. Now I learned don't do it that way. Like yep. this way works better. And yep. like I would feel excited that I attempted something and got a lot of like data from yep. like the mistakes I would make because they gave me a lot of information about how I could succeed. What to keep doing and then what to not do. Yeah, so it was actually like mistakes in that regard. In those specific areas, I was really like excited about and not even upset about because I yeah. felt like they were giving me data. Yeah. And um, that's like another healed, interesting way to to deal with mistakes 
And you might you might be like me where you you easily can see that in one category of your life, but in another category like relationships, you don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. Like that's what I was doing. I could see it that way with like performance-based things, yeah. but I couldn't see it that way with it's like emotional things or like our home insecurity or our relationship. Yeah. I wasn't able to see mistakes as that was really good learning. I yeah. I, I didn't have that same awareness. Yeah. And it's a trip. You might notice that this applies to certain certain things and, and not. And that goes with all inner work is you also might find you have certain themes in certain areas of your life. Maybe, maybe your relationship's totally like in healthy accountability, but your career is like in shame or Which in pride. Which is why we added the spectrum yes, to the inner work Because it's a spectrum. Yeah. So, all right. That's the overcompensating approach. And as you can imagine, yeah, it's pretty stressful because you're constantly um, fighting against the inevitable, which is you will make a mistake eventually. And every day is an escape. You're just trying to get to a place where you're, you're perfect and you can't be judged, which is impossible. So uh, it also makes you very controlling because, again, the more you can control, the safer the ego feels because it's like, again, protecting itself from getting judged or anything going wrong right it's all about wrongness it's like obsessed with that so all right the avoidant strategy or the avoidant defense mechanism of the ego thinks all right uh i'm gonna beat judgment to it and i'm going to just assume that i am always going to do something wrong and then act accordingly and so what this does is we have incredible self-doubt that we can't make the right choice and so we repress and so i'm technically so this is why it's backfires and it's self-sabotage so i tried this method too this is like going along being a good boy and but deep down not trusting myself that if i were to actually do what i wanted it would be beneficial so i should just repress my true self repress my desires and just go along with what i'm told but the problem is that I see like back when I would counsel people with this particular approach is what this looks like as an adult is they have they don't trust themselves in their choice making because they've repressed themselves for so long. They don't know who they are because they didn't let themselves experiment. Exactly. Because it's not safe to experiment. To so make, they avoid yeah. judgment by never making choices. Yeah. To make. Yeah. To. If they avoid making. Yeah. They're avoiding doing the wrong thing exactly and really because deep down they want to do the quote-unquote wrong thing and instead of being like well let me just try it and, and then make I'll, peace with it i'll see what the outcome is and yeah. then i'll judge from there they of never what make I should a choice do. yeah they're just like yep so that's why this person tends to uh come off as like you know they're, they're they stay under the radar they tend to be following the rules they'll they'll blend in they'll be you know they'll they'll lay low but deep down, they're internally struggling like crazy. They might be struggling with repression. They might be struggling with um, urges. They might be struggling with all this stuff that they really want to do, but they don't want to be judged, so they just won't do anything. I guess and, they kind of sound alike because they're the same theme, but like, and and then we can kind of move along from this, but it's like the overcompensating person is a perfectionist and they're trying to avoid judgment by always choosing the right thing and being a good yeah. tissues yeah overcompensating thinks i'm just i always make the right choice whereas avoidant is like i'll probably make the wrong choice so i probably just shouldn't choose do you see the total different type of uh, psyche there yeah. overcompensating is like 
I'm going to just be so good that I'm always right. Avoidance, like I'll probably make the wrong choice. So I'm going to assume I'd probably make the wrong choice. And so the self-esteem is a little different. The healthy like place we all want to help everybody get to is just that. Neither of these work. You just kind of <laughs> allow yourself to experience the natural yes. consequence, whether it was good consequence or bad consequence. Yeah. And you learn from it instead of deeming it good or bad or right or exactly. wrong. You just see all of it as kind of an experiment. Yeah. And if you can just be in this experiment with like, well, I don't know, we'll see and have that attitude. That's like the best place to be. Yeah. And and you then you allow other people. You're like, oh, they're in the experiment. Like, you know, they're they're making their choices and and mm -hmm. seeing how it goes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Just because you can, from an outside perspective, see that something is causing pain in their life and, oh, they're making the wrong bad choice. It's like, and they're not seeing it yet. It's like, you kind of let that all go and you're like, this is their perfect story. Like, yeah. this is what they need to go through and they're learning and they're on their journey. And it's like this full circle thing of the more grace you can have for yourself and see yourself as going through an experiment, the more tolerance you're going to have for other people because you're going to see that they're just in the experiment. Yeah. Everybody's just making choices and learning from them. And as soon as you let yourself do that, you also start obviously extending that to everybody else because as we do under ourselves, we naturally just subconsciously project on everybody else. Because when you carry unhealed guilt and judgment, you have impossible standards for yourself yeah. and then you have impossible standards for other people, which yeah. makes relationships, friendships, co-working. Practically impossible. Everything is hard because you're completely intolerant of people being... People. People, <laughs> basically, which are not perfect. Like yeah. people are just super imperfect. Yeah. And, it's intolerable to guilt and judgment. Yeah, yeah. Guilt and judgment really comes off very um, impatient. Intolerant is a fantastic word for it. Very condemning uh, because when things are not perfect and in control, it's so threatening to the ego. Because again, this whole wound is all about this, this fantasy illusion of some arbitrary godlike being is going to be able to determine my fate. And that is so far from the truth. That sounds like the devil, in my opinion. I think the real truth is you determine your own, you're, you have been given this gift of choice to determine your own fate. And that sounds like love to me because it means that whatever you're going to experience is because you wanted it. And if you want to go that direction, you can. If you would like to turn it around, you can. And you can do whatever the heck you want because you're that loved. That's actually how profoundly loved we are is you're so unconditionally loved you literally can fuck up a million times if you want that's how loved you are it's ironic because this is what people don't understand about judgment and this is also what sets us free around it is we think if someone loves us they would not let us make a hurtful choice and it's like that would be called slavery and control if i didn't let you make your own choices and i took your choices from you that's controlling you and so the irony is the temptation here is to think that we don't want choice. It's like, well, if I can make mistakes and I don't want choices, why'd you give me choices? And it's like, because I love you. Well, how could you say you're loving me? Because I'm going to give you wisdom and you're going to be able to control your own destiny and fate. What, what better thing could I have given you? Well, why did you could have just made it so I could only make right choices and I could never suffer. It's like, yeah, that was the garden of Eden and no one went anywhere. <laughs> like there's no wisdom there so would you rather have no like, wisdom let's blow this joint yeah let's blow this joint because it's like <laughs> here's the here's the catch if you take away choice you have no wisdom 
but yeah, sure, you have no suffering, but you also have no freedom. You have no, you have no awareness. You have no duality. You have no choice. You're going in circles for all eternity. And you also have no relativity. So you don't even know you're in joy. This is the paradox. You don't even know you're, you're in goodness anymore. Because if there's no choice for anything other than that, then you know nothing. You're just ignorantly existing with no awareness of what is what. Yeah. So relativity creates the option for suffering and pain, but it also creates the awareness of love, joy, happiness, wisdom, and all the beautiful things in life. So the healthiest realization when it comes to guilt and judgment is you're here to make choices and learn from them so that you can enjoy a beautiful life that you want. But in order to have the beautiful life you want, you have to be willing to see all the directions not to go right like you have to and, and the only way to know which way not to go is ooh, that one hurt don't go that way like you touch the stove as a kid it's like okay cool don't do that again it hurt didn't it it, it was hot it's like great don't do that if you want your hand to not get burned don't touch the stove when it's hot but you are not less lovable or exactly. unworthy just because you keep touching a hot stove yeah you're like, so loved you could keep touching <laughs> it if you want you it's fine <laughs> It's fine. So let's start wrapping this episode up because it's already been 53 minutes and we appreciate and love all of you who are listening. Is that what are some steps that we can take to let's just really quickly. What are some signs that we might have unhealed guilt and judgment in you know, our relationship or like mm -hmm. in ourselves? And what are some steps we can start taking to releasing that? And what would the benefit be? I think the biggest, like the easiest spot is our, to spot it is our relationship with uh, mistakes and going through hurtful things. And how we also, react to it, you mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like when we make a mistake? Yeah, like how do we go, how do we interpret it? How do we go through it? How do we interpret it and experience when our, when our partner does something hurtful or makes a mistake? Do we go, why'd you do that you idiot yeah, do we or blame them or do we say them? oh i'm such an idiot i'm yeah. so stupid or do we go hey oh, okay. i shouldn't have bought that that was such a stupid per what a waste of money these yeah. kinds of little things that that we're saying are judging ourselves mm -hmm. um these are they seem like they're not a big deal they seem like but they're self-incriminating yeah it's just like a passing moment but it but it's not mm -hmm. it's actually just like like an iceberg and then you see the tip of it and then underneath is like this mountain those little moments where you say those little things to yourself or to your partner mm -hmm. it's like the leaves of a tree with a massive root system and so get curious about whoa hold on a second <laughs> why did i just say that yeah and dig a little deeper and be like yeah because i feel like i made a mistake mm -hmm. oh my gosh really how how often else do i think i made a mistake yeah. in my life or you know saying something to your partner and realizing oh my gosh because I'm totally judging them. Well, why am I judging them? Because I judge myself. Why yeah. do I judge myself? Because, oh, I was told I was going to go to hell if I wasn't perfect. <laughs> and like you dig up this whole root system exactly. from that little thing. Mm -hmm. So how we go through mistakes and, you know, how we go through something hard and painful. Do we revert to judgment? Do we revert to blame? Stuff like that. The other massive indicator is how we go through change, I've found. So how we go through change is often very, very um, connected to this wound because someone with a guilt and judgment wound goes through change uh, very resistant and with a lot of blame. They like do it not, shouldn't be yeah, changing. It shouldn't be this way, right? Should and shouldn't are huge trigger words for this theme. And so 
we find that guilt and judgment is again kind of um it comes from kind of a narcissistic core of the ego that thinks it can determine what should or shouldn't be happening in the universe that's the real root of this bs is the ego thinks it can be god and coming back full circle to the shack that we mentioned earlier that was why that scene was so powerful because the healing for him was be like fine you be god go ahead judge your kids and then he was like never mind i don't want to be god and then the the whole message was well i thought you did i thought you were thought you were a good judge and then he's like no i'm not never mind i don't want this and that was his humbling moment is we think we have the ability to judge anything and it's like when you are find yourself resisting saying this should or shouldn't be happening that's a huge indicator of we haven't made peace with going through hard things we haven't made peace with going through mistakes we haven't made peace with going through discomfort this is what brings us to the next theme of the relative journey of healing that's gonna be overwhelming because you might make a mistake and it the consequences suck and they are hurtful and they're heavy and they're brutal that can be overwhelming to face, but that's the next step of the healing journey is you have to have the courage to feel all that. You have to have the ability to feel the overwhelm of your choices. So like Ash was mentioning, she's been on this journey. It's been so hard to finally get to this point of having acceptance, but back in the beginning of seeing the hurt she caused, and likewise, you know, I went through my own journey with this too, of seeing the hurt I caused her, it's overwhelming to sit with that, but you don't get free of your guilt until you do that's why it's the next step staying in guilt keeps you avoiding the overwhelm yeah you avoid the yeah. next step in and your you healing journey to. you have to feel the overwhelm of your consequences yeah you have to you be able to sit with whatever transpired and the overwhelming outcome of all of it and be present yeah with that which then leads you into feelings you feel sad yeah. you feel great and, and then you feel you, regret and then you start, start to have to healthy remorse these themes are outlined if you're like getting a little like huh okay that's really interesting it's literally outlined inside the inner workbook we'll put the link in the show notes step by step you can process these themes in order just like this and we have them all outlined hopelessness grief the whole journey through each and every one of these so just for fun uh since you brought up the the themes and how this would progress i'll show you really quickly what how beautiful this would look so you made a choice that hurt your partner all right you're feeling guilt about it now if if you don't catch it your ego is going to try to push you into shame about it. Go down. Like, yeah, go down to the next theme, which is to be like, I, I'm horrible. Like, I just I just don't exist or I shouldn't. Um, I don't even deserve to have a partner. Right. They should it, leave me. They, they should, should push me, me away and reject me. OK, so that's the negative. I'm rejectable. Path. I'm unlovable. Instead, what we need to do is say, fuck that hurt. I'm sorry I hurt you. We need to we need to sit with that and have discernment of like, all right, what was the choice I made? What was the consequence? I did or said A, B, and C, and then that led to hurt. All right. From there, we have to say, I'm going to sit with that. It's overwhelming to sit with. If I can't sit with the overwhelm of the choice, I won't learn anything. I think remorse is overwhelming. Yeah. I think that is remorse. It I is think remorse. remorse is what moves you into overwhelm because yeah. if you genuinely feel bad for it's what you did, it's remorse. Yeah. You feel, you, you feel it's the overwhelm. overwhelming. Yes. And then you feel sad yeah grief. so then that moves you into the next theme which is grief and processing the wound of loss so you have to sit with all the emotion and grief of like oh my gosh and like the healthy regret of like man i really wish i didn't do that so this then leads you to the next theme which is well i don't ever want to do that again which is fear so you move into this emotion of fear and 
you you have to process distrust with yourself which is like can i change can i change what can if, i fix what this if, what if i keep doing this to her can what we... if i keep hurting her yeah can we fix this can we move on and you have to sit with that and be like yes i can and that moves you into the next theme which is desire and to work through inadequacy of yes i can change why do i think i can't i'm not inadequate i can do this which then moves you into the next theme of processing violation and the wound of violation and in this case it would be like why am i violating abandoning myself why am i abandoning myself and violating myself i could do this which gets us fired up with anger for change to say i'm gonna i'm gonna really hold myself to this i'm gonna freaking do it let's go which then moves us into the next theme of we have to work through our insecurity and say in our self-esteem and say why am i not doing this why am i still hurting my partner why did i say that what what about me did that and why can't i just move through this quickly yeah. and this makes us have to face any insecurities we have and then finally we're able to be humble and get to the the, the theme where we really break through into healing which is accountability to say man i'm always doing the best i can i'm going to show up to this with integrity what can i learn I did the best. I guess I did. I didn't know any better. And I can love myself even as I make mistakes. And from here, you're finally off and running. You're safe. You guys are having a calm conversation in that theme. You are loving each other. You're able to process things and without it being so destructive. And so that's just an example of, of using that, uh, moving through this the themes with uh, making a mistake in a relationship and stuff like that. So let's conclude this with a few resources for you all to start processing and working through guilt and judgment. One thing that we're trying to do is bring the community together of podcast listeners and people who are part of our community on social media to engage in this healing inner work. And so we have a group and we'll put the link in the show notes. It's a Facebook group. It's private. It's just for people who are listening to this show and reading the inner workbook and actually processing this. Um, and you all can discuss and talk about different things and realizations that come up regarding each theme. And so what we've been doing is we're posting a podcast episode on each theme. We said last week was the wound of rejection and healing shame. And we had a podcast episode on it. We had a yoga class, an inner work yoga class on YouTube that had journal prompts and breath work and yoga poses to go along with um, that podcast episode, as well as um, some social media posts like you know just self-reflective social media posts that could help with that theme and so we'll do the same this week this week there is this episode on guilt and judgment there will be a inner work yoga class on healing guilt and judgment on youtube we'll have journal prompts breath work yoga poses all about processing your guilt and judgment you can then uh go into the facebook group and do both of those things, the podcast and the YouTube, and then read, that was the thing I forgot, is read the section in the inner workbook for each theme. So last week reading shame and rejection, this week we're reading mm -hmm. guilt and judgment. And so it's kind of like a little book club with classes and podcasts and the and, book reading. And educational uh, social media videos to kind of help drive home the And message. so if each week um, we all do these things together, it can really help us move through and each of these themes and have huge breakthroughs. And the group is really active. Um, people are posting great insights and asking questions. And it's really nice to just talk to other people about this stuff. A lot of people are in there also asking relationship questions regarding mm -hmm. the, this type of work. So we really encourage you to join in 
We're calling it the Inner Work Challenge. And if you want to be held accountable, have a little bit of support, we have a little email sign up. You can put your email in. We'll put the link to that also in the show notes. It's called the Inner Work Challenge. And we'll send you an email with all these resources, with the podcast, the reading pages, and the yoga class every week. That way you have all the assignments and uh, the Facebook group link. And that way you can participate. Beautiful. So next up, we'll continue through the themes and we'll keep working through this. So until then, namaste. Namaste. Namaste.